block sports. Big 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 block sports. We are live. We are a week four. Week four of the NFL season. Big games coming up this weekend. We get our first round of division games. Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals. Big games in that division in the NFC West. One of the toughest divisions in the league. Great weekend of football once again. Again, this season is, is hyped up. Um, we had some blowouts again this week, but we also had some turnaround, some teams turn around and, and get some dubs when they weren't expected to. Um, so I'm very excited, still excited, still enthusiastic. Um, even though it is not, it is not a victory week for my beloved 49ers this week. Not concerned. Great teams, as we'll talk about later, make plays when they have to. And we didn't make the plays when we had to. Um, we're not a bad team. There are several teams in the NFL that have one loss just like us. Uh, we'll talk about all these things, San Francisco. Again, this, this week's episode, Super Bowl pick. I'm going week four, super early Super Bowl pick. Uh, I'm breaking down each division. Uh, and then I'm picking the NFC, NFC championship, AFC championship game. And finally, the Super Bowl. So stay tuned for that big episode coming up. As again, part A, uh, we're going to have just our recap. Um, we're going to have our Super Bowl pick. Uh, episode B of week four, we're going to have our week four picks. So we're going to look at the contest going on uh, starting with Thursday night and then Sunday and then Monday night of the following week. And we're going to pick the winners. But first... But first, but first, it's that time. It's time for me to set it off. It's time for me to set it off. And how am I going to set it off today? You know, I, I thought long and hard about this episode. I thought how I wanted to come back and um, an extremely unique situation um, popped into my head. And I think it couldn't fit better for what we're going through now in 49er land. And, and the, the most ironic thing is that where it comes from, right? This, this is a quote. Um, this quote is gonna be coming from a very specific individual and this individual is very timely given this week's loss uh, to Green Bay because this quote comes from none other than the man himself, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the, the bringer of losses, to the 49ers, right? 30 seconds, seven seconds left. Everyone saw the game, great game. I'll talk about it a little more in detail, but let me get into this quote from one Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it happened a couple of seasons ago and it goes as I, as, as the, it goes like this. Cause it's, it's so funny. I'm having a hard time getting out cause it's just hilarious to me, but, uh, and I quote, Five letters here just for everybody out there in 49er land. Obviously, he said Packer land, but this, this version is for me, right? So five letters here just for everybody out there in 49er land. R-E-L-A-X. 
and I need you to exhale on that last X. All right, let's spell it again. R-E-L-A-X. See how I exhale when that X comes out? Right? We're going to be okay. That was the exact quote. Um, and it it's, it's an exceptional quote for this time in the season uh, where we happen to lose to Aaron Rodgers, right? And, and let's look at some reasons why I'm content with that loss, right? Am I happy about it? Of course not. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody wants to lose a big game, but I'm content because I understand this is the NFL, right? We're still top 10 in points scored. We're still number one in red zone touchdown percentages. Um, we're still top five in the fewest sacks allowed. Uh, special teams is on point. I think our special team has been on point three weeks in a row. Every game, we've gotten some sort of a boost or a play from our special teams unit. Um, but, you know, that's not good media. You know, that's not going to make the sports center top 10. You know, we had um, our punter um, being called out as the NFC player of the week, special teams player of the week last week. Maybe some of you caught that. We have a wide receiver leading the league in yards. Do with that what you may. We're two and one, right? The two teams ahead of us are three and oh, so we're basically second place in the division, right? The first two teams are tied for first, basically second place. So wh why the uproar? You know, what's it, what's it about? And, and I know, you know, you care. You love the team. You want what's, you want what's best for the team. I get it. But here's some numbers. Just just for me, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a universe guy, right? I believe what what is destined for us will find us. So here are two numbers, you know, that I'll give you guys that that lets me know we're on the right side of the universe this season. Um, so I looked it up. I believe it was uh, lineups.com. Uh, basically, I you know I start. I'm a very effective Googler, like I've mentioned in several episodes. So I'll start you know, with a certain phrase, um, and then I'll just break down what I'm looking for um, piece by piece until I find that little nugget out there in Google because there's so much out there. But I looked it up. Right now, 49ers have a certain percentage at the playoffs. Um, and, and again, if this isn't the universe telling you it's our time, I looked it up. We have exactly, we have exactly a 49% chance of making the playoffs. Not making this up. The 49ers have a 49% chance of making the playoffs. That's the universe, man. That's the universe telling us it's our time. That's the same as the Browns. People love the Browns. I'm not seeing all this from the Browns media. Same as the Browns. Baker Mayfield, right? Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett. They want more of the Browns at two and one. They want the they want they want more of the Browns. San Francisco, mm, not feeling that. But the same possibility of making the playoffs as the Browns. And everybody's very high on them. Strength of schedule. We're tied for 19th, right? So again, out of 32 teams, we're at 19 basically in the middle. Um, 
And how do they come up with the strength of schedule? What they do is they take our schedule for this season and they look at, well, what is the win percentage, right? Of those teams from last year, right? So again, this year's schedule, you got our teams on the schedule. They look at, okay, how did those teams do last year? How many games did they win? And those teams won 0.489% of their games. And you round that up, what do you get? I'll wait. It's 49%. It's the universe, man. I, I can't call it. That's, that's just how the numbers fell. That is the universe. And that is ours. You know, that Super Bowl title. Uh, playoffs, it's ours. Um, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about the QB situation. That's hot. That's hot right now. Nobody's talking about the punt coverage, the gunners. You know, nobody's talking about IUK. Average about 10 yards per return now. That's, that's one less first down that we got to get. But let's talk about it, right? Let's look around the league. And... Um, I was on Goats and Rings yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I just, I just found it so interesting that we basically talked about the same topic. Uh, but Goats and Rings is a great podcast um, hosted by Walt from East West Sportcast. Sport uh, he's out of Detroit, a huge Lions fan, huge uh, college football draft scout. Um, so he has a lot of insight on the game. And, and we talked about uh, the rookie quarterbacks. And, and, we're, and I'm basically... You know, I wrote this before I went on his show and then, you know, I went on his show and it was almost like, dang, like we got the same brain. But let's look around the league, right? Let's look at Lawrence. Let's look at Trevor Lawrence. Let's look at Zach Wilson. Let's look at Justin Fields. Davis Mills got thrown in late, right? I guess with the Texans. Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones is the only one with a W. And he's got one of them. That's it. They're in the bottom of the league for completion percentages, right? Fields is last in the NFL in yards per pass. Wilson and Lawrence are tied for the league lead with seven interceptions. Now, obviously, we have to take their teams into account. Uh, there's some very unique coaching situations going on with those teams. But here's the advantage all of those players had. Overlands, I would say. They all played the last. They all played a full college football season last year. For the most part, we know Ohio State, due to COVID, short a couple games, but they all played into bowl season. Lance played one game, the very first one in 2020, and then he opted out. One game in 2020, right? So again, all these other QBs went on, play all their bowl games, full season, got all that experience, all that game time. Lance is throwing that air, you know, doing workouts. Um, his last game, 2019, he played a full season in 2019 out in North Dakota State. He's a Minnesota kid, um, but he ended up in North Dakota State, right, in the FCS. Um, he won his bowl game in 2019. He went 16-0 that season. He faced a 14-2 James Madison University. You're like, what? Yeah, James Madison, they are the Dukes. Um, James Madison is located in Virginia, in case you didn't know. Um, and in this bowl game, he led, uh, he faced uh, the Dukes, and they were led by, who were the Dukes led by? They were led by 
Hard Knocks legend, Ben DiNucci. If you watch Hard Knocks, you know exactly why I said Hard Knocks legend in that way. If you haven't, just Google or YouTube. They probably have tons of clips. Ben DiNucci on Hard Knocks. He did some less than incredible things, but that that is who Lance faced in the championship game of 2019, right? And that team was 14 and two, um, and they won. And, um, you know, so that was Lance's last real time bullets flying action. Um, we got a sample of what Lance could do in the preseason. He had three games of limited action. It's a small sample, but it's what we have. It's a sample nonetheless. Um, so he went 19 of 41. And obviously we, we dealt with some drops. I would say maybe five or six of those are drops. But again, 19 of 41, 43% completion percentage, 83 QBR. So not exactly blowing the doors off. You know, not how how the... <laughs> Not how the hype and the and the people just frothing at the mouth over how Wilson was throwing the ball around the field and how Mac Jones Mac Jones got so much hype and so much momentum in the preseason that they released Cam Newton and I can't honestly sit here and say that you know I I I think I think the Patriots probably would have been in a, a better place maybe won one of those two games that they lost um, with Cam Newton at quarterback, just off of experience. Um, but again, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Matt Jones, Zach Wilson, even Fields in the preseason. I, I want to say Wilson had, not Wilson, Fields had a quote about he thought it'd be faster. You know, like he was almost like, yo, is this the league? Like, because I'm about to fall out. Um. But that's not the case, you know, and I, I don't I don't see the rush um, when the quarterbacks that he was drafted with um, are putting up the numbers that they are. Um, so I'm I'm not with the as soon as Jimmy G throws a pick, let's put in Lance. You know, I, I still like the idea of having him as a package option. And why is that? Why is that? Why why would I want Trey Lance just to be a package? Well, that's because, you know, NFL football is chess, right? We're not playing checkers here. It's not um, your man against my man. You know, it's it's 11 on 11. Um, it's 11 on 11, and it's a very strategic game. Uh, time, I always say this, even at work, personal life, time is finite. You spend minutes doing one thing, that's minutes away from something else. You can't do minutes in, in two things, right? So um, time is finite, um, especially these days during the season. There's only so much room for game planning week to week. You only got, what, three, four days in between each game that players have recovery now more than ever. So if we can get teams to spend an extra two, three hours on the possibility of Lance being in the game, you know, having them prepare for that Lance package, well, that's going to take them away from something else, right? And that something else could be 
the thing we need to win the game. Um, so I like Lance as the package option. Let's talk about the other half of that coin. Jimmy G. Jimmy had a bad game. I can be objective. He had a bad game. It happens. You know, I started out this episode with a quote from none other than Aaron Rodgers. Y'all saw him week one. Did you look? Go look at Aaron Rodgers' game week one. It was a bad game. It happens. The other QB in that game where Aaron Rodgers had a bad game, Jameis Winston, he had a great game. Next week, after that game, guess what? He had a bad game. It happens. Quarterbacks have bad games. Players have great games and lose. This, this is, if this was a stat line for Jimmy G, this is the stat line for Trey Lance, we would be ecstatic, right? Look at this stat line, 41 of 55, 432 yards passing, one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. That's the stat line we want, right? That's Tom Brady last week, and he lost. Capital L, minus one. Players have great games. Players have bad games. Jimmy G had a bad game. Jimmy G, if you notice, um, you know, if you watch a lot of 49er football, which you may, you may not, but Jimmy G is lights out after a mistake. And um, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, man, you know what I'm saying? Like on that, whatever, spike, spin around, pirouette, fumble. Jimmy needed a bad play so that he could go play lights out. And that's exactly what happened. Jimmy took it into his old hands. He said, you know what? The Packers just aren't making enough plays on defense. Let me let me give them one. Let me let me get this. Let me get this monkey off my back. Right. Because usually that's what I'm seeing. Jimmy got to do a bonehead play Right? he fumbled the ball in Los Angeles in, um, in Detroit. First play of the game, fumbled the ball. Philadelphia played terrible, you know. Almost threw a couple of interceptions and then came out second half, right before the second half, balled out. Same thing happened. After that little spike fumble situation, lights out. Brought the team back. Brought the team within winning range, you could say, right? Scored the touchdown. Drove down the field efficiently, effectively. This is his, he threw an interception this game. That was his first interception all season. He just had a bad game and it happens, you know? I thought it was a great lit litmus test for us, right? We've had a slow starting team for a few seasons now. We have a very unique offensive system. We move a lot. There's a lot to think about. I think we work more on setting teams up more than just, you know, throwing a big dart of a play out there with no intel. Um, I think it's really about the setup I learned something watching Sunday night football, um, you know, about the 49ers, about Kyle Shanahan and, and how he calls his, his game offensively. Um, Collinsworth, for once, had something great to say. Um, for the most part, I kind of tune him out because he, he really hates the 49ers, you know, and I know why, you know, him playing for the Bengals and how many times 
Um, they made it to the Super Bowl and, and Joe and Montana, I'm sorry, Joe and Montana, <laughs> Joe Montana and Jerry Rice um, beat that ass. So I understand why Collinsworth is salty. But he mentioned that um, when our offense is on the field, Kyle actually stands behind the defense almost 20 to 30 yards behind where the defense lines up. So he's actually looking at the back of the defenders while we're on offense. Um, and he doesn't look at the offensive players. He looks at the defense and he looks at how they're moving and he follows them to the ball, right? And then he adjusts his play calls accordingly. I thought that was an interesting tidbit. I think it kind of, for me, it kind of explains why we're slow We're slow to start. I think the beginning of the game from Kyle's point is to see he's going to call some generic plays, if you will. I don't want to say they're generic because they're still our plays, but he calls some plays that are basic in their ideology, right? Run left, run right, run middle, pass left, pass right, pass middle, just to see how is the defense flowing? Are they flowing fast? Are they, are they taking their time? Are they thinking about things? Are they crashing the line of scrimmage? Are they playing coverage? He's just trying to get a feel for him. And then once he gets a feel for him, boom, the defense snaps. I'm sorry, the offense snaps into position and we make plays. And I think that's what we're seeing. You know, I, I equate our offense to an elaborate sprocket, right? Or an elaborate set of sprockets, right? I equate it to like a series of gears you know, if you ever watched some, maybe Saw had some weird little gear things and they were cling, 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 cling. Um, and I think each player we have is a, is a gear that fits a certain way in an overall system of an offense. Um, and then every now and then it'll catch, right? Detroit, second half, offense, off the, off the meters. Um, second half, Philadelphia, offense, clicking, all gears rolling. Same thing in Green Bay. Um, but for the most part, you know what I'm seeing is the timing is a little off. Um, we kind of get that first gear going and then we can't really get out of that first gear. Um, you know, sometimes we end up going backwards. I do see the mechanic, right? Kyle Shanahan is still tweaking and it'll click, you know, and it'll stay revved up here shortly. I think we have a great opportunity against a weak Seattle defense to really find a rhythm offensively. So go ahead and grab a drink, watch some Trent Williams clips. He's having an excellent season. And more importantly, like I said, R-E-L-A-X. Make sure you exhale on that last X. Because if you don't exhale, it's not going to be the same. But trust me, we're good. A little worried about the corners, though. <laughs> little worried about the quarters if i'll be honest but let's get into the show we're gonna do things a little bit differently this week like i said this is our super bowl edition uh, we're gonna pick some super bowl predictions this week so i'm not gonna spend too much time on recapping last week basically i picked a few winners i picked a few duds <laughs> tampa like i mentioned before dud bears let me down dud Eagles, major dud. I knew 
the Bears. I knew the Eagles were facing teams that obviously on paper were better. Um, you know, as with all of their games, um, you know, there's momentum shifts, there's penalties, there's big plays, there's players have mental lapses, right? There's incredible reflex stuff that happens in these games. I think that's, you know, what every team wants out of their players is just straight reactive reflex stuff where they don't have to think about it. And you can't really account for that stuff happening. So that's what I was leaning on with those teams, right? With the Bears, the Eagles, you know, I was hoping they'd be overlooked. Um, they'd be taken lightly. Um, but both teams they faced, the Cowboys and the Browns, also 2-1, like I mentioned before, the Browns. Y'all love the Browns. Um, the Cowboys and the Browns didn't mess around. They came to play. Um, so I didn't end this week at 11-5, and five, which I thought I was going to. Um, that would have been two weeks in a row of 11-5. and five. Um, so instead, I went 10 and 6 this week. Shout out to the Vikings. I called it. I really hope the Seahawks can keep that loser energy going into next week's game. Ravens, wow. It's a lot of a lot of media already about it, but I'll just say, wow. 66 yards. 66 yards. And there's a phrase that I like to use. Um, for these kind of teams, these kind of games. But, you know, there's a phrase that fits so well, you know, with these teams, right? We're talking about the Lions, the Jets, the Giants, you know, et cetera. You know, those kind of teams, um, every season there's a handful of them. And we say, we say they're able to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I'll say it again. They're able to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. The game is theirs. It's in their hand. It just sort of fumbles, tumbles away. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out, honestly, which which is worse. And that's going to be a question I'll put out there. You can either reply um, via Twitter. You can send me a DM. But I'll, I'll put this question out there. Which way would you say is a worse way to lose? Um, a 66 record-setting NFL field goal right after you just gave up a fourth and 19 or 37 seconds left Aaron Rodgers needs a field goal and he goes down the field and gets it which one of those two which is worse which would you not want to be a part of and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I would not want to be a part of a record-setting NFL end of game field goal um, I think the AR situation is pretty much a given. That's why I wasn't really mad. I saw it coming. Great players make great plays. And again, it took him the entire game to beat us. We were on our fourth or fifth DB. Again, uh, between those two, which would you say is the worst way to lose? I'm going to go with the last second record. And here's why this is the way that I think this is why I would not want to lose in the way that the Lions lost. Uh, the, the players that were on the uh, defense, right, that that fourth and 19, um, the players for the Lions that were on the kick coverage, um, that, that record-setting kick at the end of the game, that's going to the Hall of Fame, right? That's a record-setting kick. That's an extreme situation in NFL history. 
That is the record right now. That's going to the Hall of Fame. That whole situation, Hall of Fame. And this is why I would not want to be a part of it, right? You got to think. Some of those Lions players, they got kids. They kids, they, they going to have kids, you know, 30, 40 years from now. Might end up in football, right? Might end up in the league. But as ki those kids, those end up, those Lions players, they got kids. They go have kids. Maybe they one day they visit the hall and bam, there's grandpa. But not, not grandpa's bust, right? In the Hall of Fame. Not, not his bust, but, <laughs> well, he, he's in there for sort of being a bust, right? A busted coverage. That's why grandpa is in the Hall of Fame, right? Or a kicker busted the ball down the seams forever. It's there. You're a grandpa. I don't think we will even be talking about this game by mid-October as far as the 49ers and the Packers. So I'm going to go with I would rather not be a part of the way the Lions lost. But what do you think? Leave me a DM, like I said, on Instagram. Send me a tweet. At me, Big Block Sports. You can drop me an email, bigblocksports1 at gmail.com. Let me know. What do you think? What would be a worse way to lose? And now, without further ado, let's jack up some Super Bowl picks, baby. Let's go. Is it too early? Sure. Who cares? It's entertainment, man. Let's get into it. That's why we play football, right? That's why our teams are out there for the rings. So let's call it out. Let's see who gets the rings this year. I'm excited. Big Block Sports, Super Bowl, Extravaganza, Week 4. Get some coffee here. I want to make sure I'm well. Well, I'm hype, you know? I want to make sure I'm fired up. Let's talk about it. Get into the Super Bowl here. All right. AFC. And this is how I did this right now. They already have the playoff seating after three weeks. Um, so I, I I started my tournament basically by playoff kind of rankings with that. Um, and I'll break down why um, I have some teams falling in and out of that initial ranking. So right now in the AFC, there are seven teams that are in. Those seven teams are the Raiders, Broncos, Bengals, Titans, Bills, Chargers, and the Ravens. Now, we can assume the Bengals are going to take a step back. The Broncos, you know, there's a lot of stories about their schedule so far, but hey, teams blow it. With the easy schedules, with easy games, they lose games. Um, you know, the Broncos can't make the other teams more competitive. They took care of business for people who are on the schedule. Um, but I do think two teams come in to replace the Broncos um, and the Bengals. I do not think the Broncos and the Bengals will be there at the end. I am replacing them with the Chiefs and the Browns. Um 
So uh, right now, again, that's going to be the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Titans. I'm sorry, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Titans, the Bills, the Chargers, and the Ravens will be the seven teams representing the AFC in the playoffs. And there are two teams that I like. I think, again, all of those teams are very talented, some more than others, but there are two teams I like. I think they're showing me some things that, at least right now, um, are going to carry over into the postseason. Uh, the first team I like might be a bit of a shocker to some. I like the Raiders. Las Vegas. I like the Raiders. Pass rush fixes everything. As a 49er fan, you know that. Literally 2018, Garbaggio. 2019 with Bosa, Super Bowl. Right? Pass rush fixes everything, and Max Crosby is having a year. He's having a year. Um, Henry Ruggs has come on after a slow first year. Jacobs, if he can stay healthy, is a great back. Darren Waller, you got to put two, three. You got to shade. You got to put the whole defense on him, basically, right? Um, so I think offensively, defensively, the Raiders have something. Um, and I like the Raiders. So that's going to be my first team in the AFC Championship Call it what you may. I'm taking the Raiders. Second team out of the AFC, Buffalo Bills. Like I said, they had that first game. I called that they would lose that game. They needed to lose that game. Good loss for them. Now, since that loss, they've scored 35 points the second game. 43 points the third game. They're averaging 400 yards per game this season. Their opponents are only averaging 268 yards, total yards. Their opportunity or crux last season was rush defense. This season so far, they are, they've held teams to under 100 yards rushing. They're at an average of 74 yards rushing. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown this season. So I like the Bills. I got the Bills and the Raiders facing off in the AFC Championship. I got the Bills winning the AFC. Bills are going to be my first Super Bowl team. I think Josh Allen is continuing to mature. I think Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, the vet Emmanuel Sanders. I think their trio is one of the most shiftiest groups of wide receivers in the league. I like Buffalo out of the AFC. Now, let's get into the real meat and potatoes of this episode, and that is the NFC, right? Let's get into it, the National Football Conference. The, weird, the real conference in the NFL right now. I got to take another sip of coffee. So I want to make sure you guys can hear me clearly. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the NFC. Right now, again, I'm going to do the same thing. The top seven teams right now. Rams, Panthers, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys, Buccaneers, and sliding in the seventh is a feisty wild card. You can, you know it. You know it. The 49ers, baby. 
like I did before. I'm going to swap a team out here. I'm going to swap New Orleans and Carolina. I'm not entirely sold on Sam Darnold. I think the offense sputtered tremendously with CMC out of the game. Um, they lost J.C. Horn to an Achilles. I know they just brought in Henderson to try and replace him. Um, but I don't think the NFC is going to change much at the top after that. That leaves out Seattle. I think between the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Seahawks, I'd have to say the 49ers and the Cardinals are the more complete team. Um, defensively, Seattle near the bottom, not only in the division, I think they're near the bottom of the conference when it comes to defense. Um, so I'm leaving it as that. Rams, Panthers, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, Niners. I think those seven teams will jostle for position all throughout the rest of the season. I'm not quite ready to pick one seed, two seeds, wild cards, but I do know it's going to be those seven teams in the end making it to the playoffs. I think the team that makes it out of the NFC West um, is probably going to win it. And when I say win it, I mean win it all, right? Not just the NFC, but I think the Super Bowl. Um, the Rams are a handful. The Cardinals are exceptionally fast and dynamic. The 49ers are also dynamic. Lots of weapons. All three teams play defense well. Um, I think the 49ers are dealing with some injuries now, right, on both sides of the ball. I would rather be healthier right now, but the injuries happened early. We can adjust. Practice squads, you know, free agents are still popping now. It's week three. You know, it is what it is. Um, but I'm taking no shocker here. No spoiler alert needed. I'm taking San Francisco. Um, I think the Rams are more of a challenge than the Cardinals, right? McVay has shown a little more for me coaching-wise than Cliff, but I'm still taking the Niners. I think we get Jeff Wilson Jr. back at running back in a couple of weeks here. He will be a huge boost. Uh, Mitchell, uh, or Eliza Mitchell, our rookie running back, should be back. He was already good. Sermon, Trey Sermon out of Ohio State will have grown. Second group with injuries, defensive backs. I think Josh Norman has been more than serviceable. Even in the Green Bay game, which, you know, initially uh, I was concerned about the outside really being exploited. Um, I thought Norman, when he was in, I thought Mosley played very well. They shied away from Mosley. They mainly attacked uh, Williams for that one play, and then he was hurt in the slot. And then they attacked Lenore in the slot. Um, he looked a little uncomfy, but I know he can cover. He'll have more experience by then. So I got the 49ers coming out of the West. Again, I'm not saying we're going to, you know, we're the one seed or, or we're going to win the division. But I, I do think at the end, we will win the games that matter. Uh, we will be in the NFC Championship, the San Francisco 49ers. Other side of the NFC Championship game, I got two teams, Green Bay. Tampa Bay, we got both Bay teams facing off to go to the NFC Championship. Brady, Rodgers. Rodgers comes out with the victory, and we get the rematch. 
We get to run it back, right? And that's why I love football. That's why I love the game. There's so much story. There's so much uh, emotion. There's so much tied into it. It's more than just Jerry's and Joe's. It's more than just X's and O's. It's it's all of that, right? It's it's players. It's it's storylines. It's it's the it's revenge. It's uh underdogs it's all of that and i got i got the rematch in the nfc championship game 49ers san francisco maybe lambeau field maybe levi stadium i haven't quite decided where we're going to play the game yet um but i do see both of those teams in the nfc championship game 49ers green bay packers and this time we win the game we head to the super bowl against the Buffalo Bills. Yes, and that, that is my Super Bowl pick. That is an old school Super Bowl matchup right there. That is a, that is a, that is a classic NFL matchup, 49ers and Bills, right? We're talking about Bill Walsh. Um, we're talking about Marv Levy, Joe Montana, Jim Kelly, Roger Craig, Thurman Thomas, Jerry Rice versus Andre Reid. Uh, I love football back then too. I didn't have a podcast back then. I was like 10, but I love football. Um, Bills actually were kind of like my second favorite team after the 49ers. Almost kind of. They, they just kept losing Super Bowl, so that faded quickly. But, you know, I like the Bills for two reasons. And I'm talking about in the, you know, in the 80s and 90s, why I liked the Bills back then was um, the K-Gun offense, as they call it, right? And that was like the first time um, I really started understanding the game. I started understanding plays and how the NFL worked, where it wasn't just, you know, like basketball, a bunch of one-on-one, -on -one, just beat the guy to the spot or whatever the case might be. It was it was choreography, right? It was, it was strategy. Um, so I thought uh, that point in my life, they, they, the announcers spent so much time talking about this new offense. It, it sparked my interest in the game. And, um, you know, I started reading up on offenses and I learned about the run and shoot and the West Coast offense and option offense and the triple option and the wing. Um, I learned uh, so much about offenses and it all kind of just started with the K-Gun offense, you know, really that first um popular offense you can say that other teams wanted to mimic that uh, nobody else could run but nobody could run to perfection like Jim Kelly and the K-Gun offense did so that was reason number one uh, second reason Andre Reed second reason I love the Bills Andre Reed when I was a kid obviously as a kid you play football you play outside um, I did play some organized football as a kid, um, but mostly you play outside, you play in the front yard, you play block to block. Um, but when I played outside, I didn't pretend to be Rice. I didn't pretend to be Jerry Rice. I was a 49ers fan back then too, um, but I didn't pretend to be Jerry Rice. You know, Jerry Rice was not um, imitatable. You know, you could not pretend to be Jerry Rice. You know, he, he was he was one of one. He basically ran on water for 49ers fans. And that's 49ers blasphemy, right? So I never saw myself as Rice when I played outside. 
Um, you know, but the player that I saw that I could be, that I liked his game was Andre Reed. Uh, he had a blue collar game, ran the slant, ran the in, ran the out, two, three yard catches, five, six yard catches, turns it into big plays, ran the reverse, um, blue collar underdog guy, right? Cutstown, PA, University of Cutstown. Cootstown, Cutstown, I don't even know how to pronounce the university. He is one, Andre Reed is, he is one of the two players to ever be drafted out of this school, Cutstown, PA. There were only seven players out of this school that have made it to the NFL. And he's the only name that I recognized when I looked up this university and their alumni in the NFL. So um, that's the school he went to. Uh, so maybe it was a little bit of the underdog thing. And again, you know, Rice, Rice was all world everything. Um, it seemed like Reed though was second in almost every category right behind Rice. And this is when there were some ballers uh, at, at, at wide receiver in the league, right? I'm talking about like Tim Brown, Art Monk, Chris Carter, like real live dogs at the wide receiver position. But for the most part, Andre Reed was like the most productive of that group. Um, so a little short story time there as to uh, the, my history with the Buffalo Bills. But again, Super Bowl picks, episode four here, San Francisco, Buffalo, 24 to 17. I got the 49ers winning, 49ers winning the Super Bowl, 24-17, the quest for six is complete 49ers tell me what you think about my super bowl picks and go ahead and add me on social media like i said pretty much anywhere big block sports make sure you check out the rest of the episodes if you're watching this video on youtube make sure you like make sure you subscribe set that notification bell so you get alerts i drop new episodes every week this is part a of episode four we're going to get into part b in the next little clip that we have coming up here that's going to be my week four picks uh, so again we got san francisco buffalo in the super bowl 24 17 49ers and again for my 49ers fans out there my 49er faithful r e l a x it's big block sports we out